Okay, good morning everyone. Please help yourself to coffee and donuts as we begin our uh, weekly 10 minutes of meaning. I want to thank our sponsor for this year, Becky and Avi Katz, who are sponsoring in memory of Becky's father, David Grossman, Lila Nishmas, David Menachem Manish, whose neshama should have an aliyah. We're a Mesila Sisharem. The Ramchal has been inspiring our lives, our mornings, our day, getting us started the right way. And we've been talking about the Midah of Zahiris, the quality of vigilance of living a life of mindfulness, of awareness, of conscientiousness, not just coasting through life, not allowing momentum to carry us through life, not finding us at ourselves at the end of the day, having arrived at the time to go to sleep and no idea how we got there, but rather every moment of the day, very mindfully making the decisions and issuing the judgment and allocating the choices so that at the end of the day we can measure our day, we can reflect on our day, and hopefully it matches up with the day that we hoped and that we planned to have. The rule is, The Ramchal was talking about the difference between Yemashmesh and Yepashmesh Masav, the notion of being self-reflective. Again, if you're always rushing and running and doing and going, if you're coming from work to dinner, to bath time, to bedtime, to Netflix binging, to whatever other activities and obligations that people think are ruthlessly pursuing them, and you never stop, and you never disconnect, and you never reflect, and you never introspect, and you never analyze on your life, how can you know about the day you led? How can you know, just like with one's investments, you're going to sit down with your broker, you're going to look at your own portfolio, and you're going to say, no, that was a wise investment, that had a good return. That was foolish, that cost me money, that cost me a future. If you just throw money at everything and never stop and analyze and look, how will you learn for the future? You'll waste your squander, and you'll miss the opportunities to take advantage, to accumulate into a mess. And what's true with our finances is all the more true for our time, for our character, and for our lives. If all we do is throw our time and our energy at everything around us, and we never stop, and we never evaluate, and we never reflect, you know, that gave me a really good return. I felt good, I was good, it brought out the best version of myself. I'm proud of who I was, the decisions I made. That was excellent. You know, that was pretty foolish. When I go there or when I hang with those people, or when I indulge in that thing, I feel pretty lousy about myself afterwards. That was really a waste of time. How can we possibly grow and improve and be the best version of ourselves if we never carve out the time and the space to disconnect, to reflect, to analyze on who we are, where we've been, and where we're going? The Ramchal himself gives this analogy. A businessman, a business person who has an inventory is constantly evaluating their inventory. A business person who has business accounts doesn't morning, noon, and evening is on their phone checking their business accounts. What went out? What came in? Is everything the way it's supposed to be? Is everything on pace? Is everything the way I anticipated? And the individual who's in business dedicates time for that. On their schedule, it talks about. Review the spreadsheets, the P&L suite. Look at the business person doesn't just do business and at the end of a lifetime say, let's see what I got. <laughs> Let alone the end of a year or a month or a quarter. The business person is constantly vigilantly aware what they have, what they spent, what's coming in, how it's going, and what needs to be redirected, what needs to be addressed. They allocate and dedicate time. They're standing meetings. They're standing time on the schedule. Because when it's happenstance, when it's random, 
When you sit down with your CFO, your accountant, your bookkeeper to look at these numbers when you have a whim to do it, it could be too late. You could miss enormous, enormous losses or enormous opportunities. So instead, there's the Stanley weekly meeting or the Stanley daily check-in. How are we doing? Where are the accounts? What's happening with the inventory? How is the revenue? How are we doing sales? Whatever the nature of the business one is in. Kirav HaToladahu. Because it is an enormous, enormously useful practice to have standing, allocated time to review where you are, where you are vis-a-vis your goals, how you're doing, not missing opportunities. So what we do for the finances of our lives, hopefully in our personal lives we do that too. Some people are less, are less successful doing it in their personal lives even than their professional ones. But if we do it for our money, how can we not do it for our time, for our energy, for our entire character, for our identity, for our existence, for who we are? To have standing time every day to put your phone on airplane mode, to quiet the noise in your head, to take three minutes to breathe deeply and to create the space that says, how did my day go? What do I yet want to accomplish this day? Where did I waste time? Where did I take advantage of time? Where were opportunities met? And where were opportunities lost? Because today I want to be, tomorrow I want to be an even better version of myself. You know, we try to kill it in Gashmias. We measure how we're doing in business. Our accounts flourishing. Our opportunities to buy things going up. Every year we want to progress. We want to make more. We want to do better. We measure how well we're doing in Gashmias, but do we ever pause and measure how well we're doing in Ruchnias? Where am I in character development? Where am I in my relationship with the Ribbon Shalom? Do I feel His presence in my life? Am I speaking to Him? Am I thanking Him? Am I indebted to Him? Am I in service of Him? Am I living a mission-filled life or not? The Chacham Zechron Levracha, our great rabbis, Haruna Beferish Torah This level of vigilance, to be living a life where you're constantly reflecting and aware, not that you're paralyzed or debilitated by an analysis paralysis. You can be over-analytical, in which case you never do anything. In business too, you never take risks and you miss opportunities. But in life, you can't be over-analytical, but reasonably. It tells us towards the end that therefore those who rule over, their inclination come and say, come and evaluate the balance sheet of the world. They're saying it to their evil inclination. Pasuk's talking about the Moshlem in the physical battle. Bo Cheshbon is the name of a city. But our rabbis interpret it, Bo Unechashev Cheshbono Shalolam. Hefseid mitzvah keneged scharu, scharavere keneged hefseida. What do we spend on advertising? Did we make enough money to justify that expenditure? What do we spend on this? Did we make... There's a spreadsheet, there are trade-offs. There's constantly an evaluation. So again, if that's true in business, all the more so it should and must be true in life. That this advice, The only person who can follow that advice, who can create the space, who can disconnect from the noise, who can evaluate and reflect on our own lives, who can make that choices tomorrow to be better, to go to sleep more satisfied, to having accomplished, to kill it in Ruchnius, all the more than we're killing it in Gashris. The only person who can do that is the person who overcomes their Yetzirah. Because when we define success purely by the bank account, purely by the likes and the follows, purely by the purchases, by the material world, by the material indulgence and pleasure, physical pleasure which is fleeting, when that becomes the sole measure of our fulfillment, then we can never ever put things in the right perspective to understand what really matters. It's going to cloud our judgment and blur our capacity to truly reflect, to truly evaluate. Somebody who's currently imprisoned by the shackles of their inclination, they can't see. 
How many times in business or in life have we made poor decisions because we were imprisoned by some skewed vision of something? Whether we were taken by a person, so we put too much trust in that consultant or employee or friend, we didn't see why their advice was poor advice. We were taken by an idea we had, so we were so enamored with our own ingenuity and our great idea that we failed to see why it might not be the best. Our, our analysis was, was compromised. So when you're in the heart of being gripped by that yetzer, we're, we're distorted in our view because it has us. So the only way that you can actually do a proper analysis, therefore to come to the best decision, therefore to get the best result for our lives. Again, this is not all for, we're not sacrificing for Hashem. He's not asking us to forfeit or submit or sacrifice. This is all for us to live the most fulfilled life, to accomplish, to achieve the most, to be the best version of ourselves. The Yetzer literally blinds us. It's like you're walking in the dark. There's stumbling blocks all around you and you're going to trip over them. So the only way to turn the light on is Torah. Torah turns the light on, we can see all the things in the room and now we can navigate. I often like to say, Torah doesn't eliminate the obstacles of life. It's not that if you live a Torah life, then you don't have loneliness or infertility or health crisis or financial crisis or problems. Plenty of people who are the greatest models of Torah have those problems. But Torah comes from the word or. Or is Torah, Chazal tells in Gemara Megillah. When you, when you engage Torah, you turn the light on. So imagine trying to make it to the door of the room, across a room filled with furniture, where you're going to stub your toe, you're going to trip, you're going to twist your ankle, you're going to break your back. If you turn the light on, it doesn't eliminate the obstacles. They're there. But now you know how to navigate them. Now you know, see where they are, and now you're empowered to be able to avoid falling into them. And that's what Torah does for our lives. It doesn't take away the crisis and the problems. But it gives us the capacity to shut down, to disconnect, to reflect, to analyze, to turn the light on. And not to be walking through the dark, to see the impediments and to be able to navigate our way through them. Have a phenomenal, successful, best version of yourself day.